Hi everyone, it's Carolyn. Welcome back to Sorceress. This season is comprised of a few different things. Most of our episodes will be interviews with sorcerers and sorceresses working the supply chain for your favorite products and ingredients. This episode has a little bit of a different format. It's the first of our shorter educational episodes with no interview. We're just going to break down some industry terms and concepts that come up over the course of the season that you might not be totally familiar with. We want to do this so you have a better understanding and bring you into our world just a little bit more. Sound good? All right, let's rock and roll. Today's topic, commodities. If we look at the by the book definition of commodities, there are a couple things we'll find. A product of agriculture or mining. Something useful or valued. An item bought and sold purely on price. But the one that really stands out to me, especially in the world that I work in, is this one, obsolete. What we want to explain to you in this episode is that just because something is a commodity, it does not, by any means, mean that it's obsolete. It's just become a product of a global purchasing system that typically disadvantages those that are growing the product. Commodities are arranged in three buckets, agricultural, energy, and metals. And within those, there are two categories, soft, which are commodities that have a limited shelf life, are prone to decay and impacted by the weather, and hard, which are commodities which are mined or extracted and generally are not impacted by the weather. Agricultural commodities are soft, energy and metal commodities are hard. The energy category includes crude oil, gasoline, natural gas, and heating oil. Commodities in the metal category are mined, so gold, copper, silver, and platinum. Worldwide, the highest volumes in trading in commodities, which we'll get to how exactly that works in just a minute, happen in oil, gold, and agricultural products. The reason your gas prices go up or down, or if you live in California, they just stay up forever, is because of commodity trading and futures set for oil prices. Commodities are traded on exchanges similar to Wall Street, but in the U.S., most of this trading happens in Chicago, on the U.S.-Chicago Board of Trade and the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. For the most part, commodities are traded, i.e. bought and sold, based on something called a commodity future. Futures are agreements, establishing the purchase or sale of a set amount of a product at a specific price on a specific date. Buyers in the market use futures to fix the price on what they're purchasing and to reduce their risk on the price of that product going up. And sellers of commodities use them to guarantee that they'll receive an agreed upon price and protect themselves against a price drop. Futures exist because the prices of commodities are extremely volatile and change on a weekly, if not daily basis. The volatility of pricing makes farming commodities and being on the selling side of a future very risky. To help cushion this risk, some of the wealthier areas of the world will subsidize commodity farmers and protect them from the volatility of the market by paying them a flat rate no matter the market flux. Farmers in subsidized positions can afford to sell to the international market at artificially low prices. But for their unsubsidized counterparts, it's a different story. They need to sell their product at true cost, not one lower than their cost of production. These farmers are, in a way, stuck because the countries they grow in cannot afford to spend billions in subsidies to overcome it. 
Here in the United States, there are seven crops that are subsidized. Corn, wheat, cotton, rice, peanuts, tobacco, and milk. But Asia and Europe remain the leaders of agricultural subsidies. Most people who farm a commodity crop only farm a commodity crop, versus planting many different things that you can sell at different rates. So when prices drop rapidly, these farmers are often more exposed in the ups and downs of the market. There's something interesting about commodities that really affects us on the consumer end. Prices drop for buyers, but we hardly ever see those prices drop for us. The buyer pays less, the farmer receives less, yet the price on our menu stays the same. Does everyone see where that profit goes? Yep, right into that buyer's pocket. I'll note here on Sorceress that we do take the position that commodity markets are set up to benefit the powerful and disadvantage those below them, both on the farming and consumer side. So what are the products in our everyday lives that are traded on these markets, specifically when it comes to the agricultural side of things? I'm going to give you the list, and I think you'll be pretty surprised. Bananas, citrus, coffee, cocoa, cotton, grains, leather, meat, dairy, vegetable oils, rice, sugar, tea, and tropical fruits. Remember that this list is considered soft commodities, impacted by weather and prone to decay. Climate change is making those two definitions more true than ever before. Rain patterns that are inconsistent, higher temperatures inducing earlier blooms, you name it, plants and animals are usually the first to feel the impact. The same thing for world events, conflicts, changes to tariff structures or political systems, floods to fires to civil strife, they all affect commodity pricing. Just about every person we talk to this season has a specific example of this affecting their work. Thanks for joining us for this Sorceress Educational Bite. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as the Sorceress Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter as at Sorceress underscore underscore, and also on Facebook. Sharing our shows and ratings in the App Store means so much to us. So if you enjoyed, please take the time to send us some love. Until next time, stay curious.